five, four, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of One Man Watchpoint, an Overwatch podcast. This is, of course, an Overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. I'm your host, Sir Dr. Jam. You can, of course, find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on all those fun services out there. And I highly encourage you to uh, give me a follow and, of course, reach out to me, especially on Twitter. Um, I'd love to interact with some people, maybe get some questions, maybe even if you drop a review on a podcast service or something like that, I'd love to read them on air and uh, talk about whatever it says there. Um, but most importantly, I'd like to involve you in the show in somehow. So um, questions and uh, requests are a great way to do that. So please reach out to me on Twitter, as I mentioned, at SirDrJM. Now, back to the show. You can, of course, find One Man Watchpoint on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So please give us a follow there, leave a review, tell your friends, all that jazz. Now, today... We've got a few things to talk about. Um, obviously, I decided uh, kind of last week that we were going to take a bit of a break and go to a two-week rotation instead of an every-week rotation just because uh, with the show primarily right now being focused on the Overwatch League, there just isn't a ton going on um, given that things kind of do slow down during the holiday and winter season. Um, but that said, coming back into it this week, there are a few stories I want to talk about. So this week, we will start with uh, talking about a little bit about the Winter Wonderland Challenge. We'll, of course, then move into some, uh, some holiday cheer that the game and developers are giving us, as well as a uh, small developer update we got uh, just after my previous episode posted, but I want to bring it up no less. And then, of course, we'll talk about uh, some of the latest and moves in the Overwatch League, uh, trades, signings, promotions. Uh, there's a few good ones to talk about this week, so we'll, uh, we'll dive into those. And then, finally, at the end of the show, as long as I remember to, which I've got it here written down on my run of show, so hopefully I don't uh, completely glaze over and forget to do that, but I'm hoping to talk about what's next for 2021 and One Man Watchpoint. Um, obviously, right now, we don't have too much of an audience, and I'd love to see that grow, so we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show. So stay tuned. But without further ado, let's dive on into the news. Playtime's over. All right, so let's kick things off here with touching on the Winter Wonderland 2020 challenge. This is, of course, as of uh, recording tonight, we are entering the final week of the Winter Wonderland 2020 challenge. So that means if in week one you did not uh, earn your Elf Junkrat epic skin, and in week two win your Gingerbread Ana epic skin, then this week is your final chance to get a uh, 2020 Winter Wonderland skin with, of course, the Frosty Roadhog epic skin. Um, in my humble opinion, this is the best skin of the event, and if I do say so myself, it's the one that's going to get me to play because I've actually been uh, hooked on a couple other games there and playing a lot on my uh, PlayStation 5 there. So I have not actually been playing a ton of Overwatch, but that said... Um, I thought about getting the Junkrat one because I like the, the elf Junkrat kind of theme, but 
it wasn't enticing enough to get me in there. And Gingerbread Ana, same kind of thing. I, I like some of her legendary skins a lot better than that one, so I didn't bother with that. However, this Frosty Roadhog Epic skin is uh, pretty awesome, um, especially with especially the head there, the, this terrifying-looking snowman with his little top hat. I uh, quite enjoy it. So, uh, final week of the challenge runs December 29th through January 5th, so one more week. Win three games, you earn the Frosty Roadhog player icon. Win six games, you earn the Frosty Roadhog spray. And of course, win nine games, and you get the Frosty Roadhog epic skin. So that is uh, all that's left for the Winter Wonderland 2020 challenge. Now, of course, you can also still earn uh, many of the other winter skins that are available. Um, I won't go over all of them, but I will touch on the new ones. We, of course, have the Reinhardt Conductor skin, the Moira Ice Empress skin, the Torbjorn Lumberjack skin, the May Penguin skin, the Zenyatta Toybot, and then the uh, three from the challenges. So definitely not a bad year for uh, the Winter Wonderland skins. I think I like the majority of them. Um, in fact, I, I like them all, and I only really think that you know, the elf and gingerbread ones are the kind of more blah ones. Lumberjack, yeah, he's a little blah, but still, any Torbjorn skin is always fun. So so that's it for the Winter Wonderland, and then it is gone for another year, and hopefully the next Winter Wonderland will not only be hitting Overwatch 1, but will also be hitting Overwatch 2. More on that to come, perhaps. But next up, I want to talk about uh, something that uh, I came across just the other day, and of course I had forgotten about, but I came across a post somewhere, um, so I thought I would do a little PSA, a, uh, a uh, friendly little uh, FYI for everyone out there. Um, you can earn five free loot boxes just by logging into Overwatch before January 5th. So definitely get on that train. Um, you know, nothing like a couple free loot boxes. And uh, all it takes is launching the game and then bidding, you get five and you can go open them up. And uh, I'm sure you will get some holiday cheer in those boxes. So definitely don't forget to do that. That came from Overwatch's Twitter. Uh, it read, don't you just love surprises? Log in before January 5 to collect five winter themed loot boxes. Happy holidays from the Overwatch League team. So get on it and uh, get those loot boxes. Now, as I alluded to moments ago, there was a developer update just recently. Um, it was a pretty short one, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was like maybe six minutes. And it was mostly just Jeff, uh, you know, wishing wishing everyone happy holidays and a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year um, from the Overwatch dev team and the community and the Overwatch League and everyone kind of on behalf of everyone. Um, so it, it wasn't anything too exciting in there. However, uh, probably the most exciting part was the announcement of a new map. Um, so this map is actually called Kanazaka, um, and it is a free-for-all map. So an interesting one there, um, and I'll actually talk a little bit more about it in a sec here. But first, before I move on, I wanted to mention the other exciting thing that Jeff did mention. Um, now, it was more of just sort of a casual kind of side comment. I didn't really get the feeling Jeff was was, I don't know, taking it too, too seriously, but he must have in some capacity gotten the okay to say it because uh, I think these things are, are pretty vetted before they post them. And so he actually said that uh, Blizzard will be releasing more info on Overwatch 2 during BlizzCon. So, you know, definitely, you know, 
shocker of the century with that one. I mean, I think pretty much everyone had assumed we'd be getting more Overwatch 2 uh, come BlizzCon, and certainly if we didn't, I think everyone in the community would be in uproar. Um, but regardless, it's nice to have that confirmation. So, uh, so yeah, so I wanted to bring it up. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, BlizzCon Online is scheduled for February 19th and 20th. I'm just going to double check the date there, 1920. Yeah, that's a Friday, Saturday. So exciting stuff there. And certainly there will probably be an Overwatch 2 panel. And I'd imagine we'll get some juicy tidbits there. Now, as I mentioned there, they also revealed the Kanazaka map. Um, so they also tweeted out about it later on. They just said, picturesque view, rich history, seedy nightclub, cat cafe. What are you waiting for? Kanazaka, Overwatch's newest free-for-all map, is now testing on the PTR. Um, so they tweeted that out December 16th. Um, and I'm actually, I'm not even sure if it's made it into the game yet. Um, again, I honestly have not been playing, have not been paying too, too much attention there. Um, but I did pull up this article about it. I just want to read a little snippet of it. This is from dottysports.com, posted by Ethan Garcia. The Overwatch world is getting a little bigger today. A new free-for-all map, Kanazaka, is now available for testing on the PTR. The official Overwatch Twitter posted a teaser featuring the new Japanese map and its abundance of features, including traditional style buildings, a strange nightclub, and even a cat cafe complete with cat toys and furniture but missing the cats keen-eyed players might notice that the city is located right beside hanamura another japanese map featured in other game modes and the home of the heroes hanzo and genji players will finally be able to venture into the town surrounding the infamous control map and learn more about futuristic japan that we've only begun to experience through the stories of the distant brothers Kanazaka captures the essence of a futuristic yet traditional Japan that had already been established by Hanamura and brings with it details that connect it to the Overwatch universe, such as various signs featuring Pachamaris and the ever-so-breakable vending machines. At the same time, its focus on a more compact atmosphere separates it from Hanamura's arcade, shopping districts, and scenic temples and courtyard. Similar to maps like Petra and Chateau Guillard, Kanazaka will only be available for play in free-for-all game modes in the arcade, including Deathmatch and Team Deathmatch. The map will also likely rotate in competitive Deathmatch following its release. Kanazaka is now available for testing on the PTR, will likely hit live servers at the beginning of the next year. Players can also enjoy the current Winter Wonderland 2020 event, which blah, blah, blah. So there you have it. Um, as I mentioned there, I, I didn't think it was live yet, and just at the end of the article there, Ethan confirms that, um, likely coming in the new year. But nonetheless, uh, an exciting thing to hear, and uh, actually listening to Plat Chat the other day, I think they mentioned that this map actually started out as sort of a, sort of just a, um, I'm not sure if it was an intern or if it was a uh, sort of lower level designer, kind of somebody just toying around with with some map designs and and building some details and things like that. And they liked it so much that they just made it into a fully fledged map. So cool stuff there. Um, they've got some pictures out and certainly, I mean, you can watch some flybys on the on the PTR to uh, to catch a peek of it. Um, or not on the PTR, sorry, flyby videos on YouTube, or you can just check it out on the PTR. Definitely, it's an exciting looking one. Um, really, really nice kind of lighting on this map, I find. It's got kind of a sunset glow going on, and obviously lots of uh, LED signs kind of that match the kind of futuristic setting. Uh, a lot of what you see in a uh, in Numbani kind of thing, but coming to more of a traditional Japanese setting. So it's definitely a neat one, and I'm excited for that. And I also, a little bit of speculation, 
I think this does sort of play a little bit into the uh, lack of information we've gotten about Overwatch 2. I think in a lot of ways there's a good chance that this is kind of a a holdover where maybe they lucked out and it was, you know, as I was saying before, someone was just making this and thought, oh, this actually worked kind of well, we should we should put this out. But I also kind of think it's a little bit of a, a teaser for, you know, we're going to see a lot more locations that tie into some of the locations that are already favorites of ours um, or tie into the lore in interesting ways. Obviously, this one does both with Hanamura and Hanamura being uh, the home of um, Genji and Hanzo. But, you know, I think like we, we already know that there's some of the uh, single player, or not single player, some of the, the PVE co-op stuff um, focusing in focused in Brazil where Lucio's from. Um, so I think they're largely going to be building out the world a lot more with Overwatch 2 and with content like this. So it's definitely um, definitely exciting to see. And like I say, I'm I'm not uh, not shy of the fact that I love this kind of world building stuff. So that is it for our main uh, news section of the show this time around. Um, but I do want to talk about some signings in the Overwatch League now. If you've listened to the show in the past, you will know I often do an owl trade tracker where I will just blitz through all of the movement that I, I have um, recorded on this tracker that I follow. Um, but that said, because things have slowed down a little bit, I am going to actually read a couple articles about some of these players um, and and kind of give them a little bit more of a focus just to just to give some more background on them. So, um, so yeah, without further ado, we'll call this the owl trade tracker. Um, but, uh, it's going to be a little more in depth than that normally is because there isn't a ton. So let's get it on. Oh, we have to get this thing moving again. All right. Now, first thing to keep in mind here as well, uh, I am recording on December 29th. Um, and I found my articles in, uh, going back in time. So I'm starting with the most recent, um, and then I will get to some articles that are a little bit older just because again, two weeks off. So my last episode published, I believe on the 16th of December. Um, so I do have some articles that rewind time a little bit there, but I'm going to touch on them nonetheless, cause a few of them, I want to shine some spotlight on. So First up, we have an article from Kale Michael here on December 26th. London Spitfire signs Blase ahead of 2021 Overwatch League season. So first, we've got a tweet here from the London Spitfire saying, We asked about your mood. We've been quiet on the roster front, and that might be leaving you all feeling a little blasé. So how about joining us in welcoming Jeffrey Blase Sang to London Spitfire for 21? Uh, Accented E is now British. Winky face. Ryan, reinforcements flying in soon. And then they have a cool little intro video here um, for Blase. So an interesting one there. Um, he also actually tweeted in response to that and said, really looking forward to playing with these guys and working with this coaching staff next season. Honestly, have not felt more confident in a team than this one. And to my haters, you guys will only make me stronger. And a little devil emoji smiley face. So I wanted to bring this one up uh, because it's definitely an interesting one. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily uh, one that many people would have seen coming. Just, you know, Houston to London seems like uh, an interesting move. But at the same time, um, with, with Houston, you know, obviously gutting most of their roster and everything, um, they definitely had some skilled players 
And I think they were the one team that, you know, you kept hearing last season that these guys are, are coming up, you know, uh, they perform really well in scrims. Um, all of their practice is going really well. They just can't quite perform on stage. So, um, you know, no surprise that Houston did what they did with their existing roster. Uh, but seeing Blase move over to, uh, to London again, still a little bit of a shock. Um, but exciting to see nonetheless. I think Blase definitely deserves a chance. Um, in a lot of ways, I think on Houston, he was kind of getting stuck on roles that, uh, or maybe more on uh, characters, heroes that he doesn't prefer to be on, um, which I think he may have even talked about. And, and also playing with, uh, you know, players like Linkser um, and some of these players that had a lot of uh, burnout issues during the season. Um, also, it can be a struggle for everyone, right? It's not just... Uh, the individual player themselves that struggles when, you know, I mean, look at a place like the Toronto Defiant with uh, a player like Sherfor, right? Um, I personally thought he was performing very well and then he took a bit of a break and, you know, Toronto struggled for a lot of the season. And I just think that, you know, when when a player is struggling, it's not just the player that uh, struggles. It, it it definitely has an effect on the rest of the team too. And and that's unfortunate, you know. Um, everyone should be taken care of and and hopefully should be feeling their best. So looking forward to seeing how Blase does uh, with the rest of the London Spitfire crew. Next up, um, we have a coaching promotion where we are seeing Why Not promoted to head coach of the New York XL, um, which finishes off uh, their 2021 coaching staff. Um, so here I've actually got an article on .esports.com from Kale Michael. I'm going to read a little bit of it just because uh, I'm not too familiar with New York, uh, let alone their coaching staff. So I just want to read a little bit here. In a series of quick moves, the New York Excelsior continued to overhaul its 2021 Overwatch League roster today by filling out its coaching staff and other management roles. Starting with the head coaching position, NYXL is keeping things within the organization by promoting Lee Why Not Ju Hyop. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Why Not was previously an assistant coach for the Seoul Dynasty before jumping into the same role last season for the NYXL. Former head coach IMT Imit, Imt, is moving to become the team's head of data, leaving the assistant to take over his duties alongside other new personnel. Squicks has joined the team as a strategic assistant coach after being released by the London Spitfire in October, and Unknown has been brought on as the team's new player manager. Nugget will remain as the Nugget Nugget probably Nugget will remain as the team's general manager after helping to completely rebuild NYXL roster for the 2021 season. There is another paragraph in that article there, but I'm going to hold off on that because I will talk about that in a moment. So, anyways, I wanted to bring this up because uh, New York, another team that continues to uh, to make some significant changes here. Um, obviously, kind of an interesting one there with. Uh, former head coach moving to uh, become the team's head of data. That's in my mind, that's is a little bit confusing, but at the same time, we don't know a ton about how these organizations uh, operate and what roles really fall where. I think what we saw last season was either a, it, it became clear that a lot of, you know, general managers were doing coaching duties or a lot of uh, probably more accurately, a lot of coaches were doing management duties that should probably fall to someone like a director of operations or a general manager. Um, so a bit of an interesting one there, but hopefully not bad things for, for either person. Um, 
and hopefully just more of a uh, sort of realignment with the roles in terms of what people are doing. So exciting stuff for New York Excelsior fans. And uh, you know what? Another team that I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, I, I follow the New York Excelsior mostly just on social media. I don't necessarily follow their games or their play or anything like that because, you know, having not been around the league in the uh, inaugural season, I just never really knew much of the history of them. Um, obviously, I do now, and I know that they're they're a beloved team and they have a number of players that were sort of legends in the in the game um, and continue to be and have you know now found homes elsewhere and looking forward to seeing how that turns out but I, I think I respect the New York Excelsior organization because I see a lot of the effort they're putting in and a lot of the uh, a lot of the goodwill they have with their with their fan base so moving on from there um, we have we're going to jump over to Paris for a minute here, then we'll go back to New York, then we'll go back to Paris, actually. So December 22nd, Paris Eternal uh, welcomes head coach Get Amazed. So they tweeted out, and it was in French initially. I'm just looking to see if I bothered to pull up the English translation, which I did not because I'm a dum-dum. Um, so I'm actually going to read from another article by Kale Michael on .esports.com. Paris Eternal is one of several Overwatch League teams that completely rebuilt its roster during the 2020 offseason. That process has now started for the organization's coaching staff, too. Paris introduced former Overwatch contenders coach and player Get Amazed as the team's new head coach today. They then have the tweet embedded there. So, Get Amazed has been a part of the contenders scene since its inception, even going as far as winning contenders 2018 Season 2 Europe with Eagle Gaming. He swapped over to a coaching in 2019, taking over Grunto Esports, and then spending nearly a year with the promising Third Impact squad. Third Impact disbanded on July 19th, but Get Amazed has already left the team by that point, later announcing his retirement. Most of the former Third Impact players eventually found a new team, Drifters, and Get Amazed was brought back on as the player development coach before being promoted to head coach in November. The team went on to place highly in all of its competitions throughout the year before falling short at Contenders 2020 The Gauntlet, coming in ninth. But Get Amazed work with the team didn't go unnoticed, and the rebuilding Eternal grabbed him just a week after Contenders ended to be the head coach for the team's 2021 campaign. I'm extremely honored to join Paris for this season, Get Amazed said. It's been four years of grinding. I can't wait to compete in Owl. I promise that I will give it my all and make sure that the players and I perform to the best of, at the best of our ability. Um, so that was his actual tweet there. Uh, he'll now be reunited with one of his former players, Stefan Onigod Fiskerstrand, who joined the team this offseason. Get Amazed and Eternal Management still have some work to do in terms of filling out the coaching staff and other roles within the organization, but bringing in a fresh head coach to help unite a new roster is a good move for this rebuilding squad. So again, you know, uh, like I say, a lot of Paris and a lot of New York this uh, this episode, but Good one to see there. Um, obviously, I've talked about in the past some of the challenges that Paris were having and some of the rumors that were going on with, uh, I believe it's Avala kind of holding up the organization on her shoulders. Um, and then I believe in my last episode, we talked about Avala getting promoted to GM. So good stuff there. Um, and exciting to see someone who, as you know, as Get Amazed pointed out there, um, good to see someone who's been grinding and who's been at this and who's been around the scene and not just around it, but directly involved with the scene, um, sort of getting their shot, um, next season. So exciting to see that going back to New York, 
we're gonna take a quick look here because New York posted on December 22nd, just a little before Christmas Day, um, a tweet here that reads, the call has been answered. Please welcome our DPS line. Feather, oh, I'm gonna have to pull up their names here. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll read this a little differently. Pause, hold. Um, blah, 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 blah. DPS Ivy, Feather, Flora, and Guangboom. Um, Oh, presented by T-Mobile. I don't know why the tweet tripped me up so much there. They have a sick little intro video that everyone should go watch because the NYXL, like I say, I respect their organization. I respect their marketing. I'm sure they pay a ton of money for it, but they have a sick little intro video there. So again, because I'm not too familiar with New York, um, I've mostly just watched them get rid of a lot of their team uh, this past off season. Um, I'm going to read from Liz Richardson's article here on .esports.com. NYXL adds four players to DPS lineup. Um, I'm going to jump in a little ways. NYXL has signed former Philadelphia Fusion DPS Ivy alongside uh, Feather Flora Gwangboom to its growing roster. Of all the new additions, Ivy's name is likely the most recognizable to Overwatch League fans. He began his career in the league as part of the Toronto Defiant, but was added to the Philadelphia Fusion during the 2020 season. Ivy played a key part in the Fusion's road to the grand finals bracket, flexing to various heroes depending on the meta. The rest of the DPS additions come straight from Overwatch contenders. Feather most recently played for Talon Esports in Contenders Korea. The team made it to the semifinals of the latest season before it was defeated by Runaway. As Flex DPS, he'll likely share the same role within the team as Ivy. NYXL's newest hitscan players Flora and Gwangboong come from lesser-known teams. Flora most recently played for Team Diamond in Contenders Korea, but used to be a part of Meta Athena. Gwangboong played for Team Cat in Contenders China. Flora and Gwangboom are also both ineligible for play in the Overwatch League right now since they're 17 years old. Flora turns 18 on December 26th, but fans will have to wait until March to see Gwangboom in action. Gwangboom. Sorry, it's hard to hit that B-O-O-N-G at the end of his name. Last week, then YXL blah blah blah. Oh, uh, announced that uh, 2018 Overwatch League MVP Jonak is returning to the team alongside new main support Friday. So, um, we're getting, I think at this point, we basically have the whole roster for the New York XL. Um, so good stuff to see there. Um, it's really exciting to see teams actually finally filling out their roster and announcing things. I do largely suspect that as we're getting very close to all the teams having their, their full roster or, you know, maybe one short, um, as is the case with teams like, I believe, the Vancouver Titans, maybe Boston. Um, but as we're getting really down to that line of there's only a couple left, I don't expect we're going to see a lot. I think teams will kind of let the dust settle now um, and see where the chips lay and see what's left on the table. Because certainly there are, I mean, if you look online, there are all sorts of articles about players that aren't picked up or, or that haven't been picked up, haven't been signed yet. Um, and some of the some of them are really big names. I mean, obviously, as a Vancouver Titans fan of, of your, uh, the one that stands out is Janu, right? Um, we know that he hasn't been signed yet and, and is really, really disappointing to see because I think he could definitely still hold his own and even go above and beyond that. Um, it's just, obviously there's, there's something there, you know, whether it's, whether it's poor performance in trials, whether it's teams not giving him a chance, whether it's not, uh, whether it's a money thing from his side or the other organization side or, or simply, it could just be a fact of um, none of the places he's interested in have an opening, right? Um, maybe they were already in talks with players, but I digress. Um, there's a lot of uh, players we haven't seen yet. So 
now that we're seeing these teams fill out their entire rosters, I think it's getting really exciting because we're going to see, yes, we're going to see a bit of a lull while we wait for, uh, for some of those final decisions to be made. But I think we will still get another wave of, uh, of the, hey, we also added this person. Hey, we also added this person. Hey, you thought we were done? Well, here's uh, Hacksaw. Or, I mean, I know that's not going to happen in theory because Hacksaw retired. But anyways, I digress. Um, and just to touch on the, some of the players there, Ivy, obviously a big deal, big one to see go to New York. Um, not a huge stretch uh, going from Philly to New York, especially with, uh, you know, now with Philly playing in APAC and uh, the rumor being that New York is going to also be returning to APAC. Um, it'll be exciting to see them as kind of, you know, stateside rivals over in the APAC region. So good stuff there. Jumping over back to Paris. Uh, this article is probably, I think, probably the oldest one I'm going to touch on here, although I'll touch on some trades that happened before this. Uh, this came from December 18th. And this is the Paris Eternal adding DPS Suna. So I am going to read from this one as well. Obviously, we all know the former Vancouver Titan of this past season, Suna, um, and I believe the only French player on the team, was not uh, re-signed by the Vancouver Titans. But as we'll see here from Liz Richardson, uh, he's going to Paris. As the Paris Eternal rebuilds for the 2021 Overwatch League season, the team is placing all its bets on homegrown European talent. Former Vancouver Titans DPS Samir Suna Ikram will be joining the Paris Eternal next year, the team announced today. He'll be the team's third DPS and the first French native signed to the Parisian squad this year. Before joining the Overwatch League, Suna spent considerable time in the European Overwatch contender circuit. He played for teams like Young and Beautiful, British Hurricane, and the Paris Eternal's academy team, Eternal Academy. Suna was recruited by the Vancouver Titans during the 2020 Overwatch League season, but he didn't see much stage time. After he was released by the Titans in October, Suna went back to European contenders as a part of Young and Beautiful. The Paris Eternal lost most of its relatively successful 2020 roster to the Dallas Fuel during, this league, during the league's offseason. In pursuit of a clean slate, the rest of the team's remaining players were also dropped. As former assistant general manager Kim Avala Kyung, Kyung E took the helm of general manager, the organization started to rebuild. Uh, for the 2021 Overwatch League season, Paris Eternal is leaning heavily into both rookie and veteran European talent. Big names like main support Alberto Neptuno Gonzalez will be joining forces with young standouts like main tank Daniel Don, Vincetius Paulus Sheltema. Wow, that was that was a bit of a, a schlog. I was not thinking I was going to be running up against a wall of Daniel Don Vincentius Paulus. Oh, I clicked something. My bad. Sheltema. I certainly did not know that was his name. That is an exciting one. Imagine your middle name being Vincentius Paulus. Those are two names. That's wicked. Okay, I digress. Let's talk about Suna. Um, so an interesting one here. Obviously, the Vancouver thing is what it is. I've talked about before, you know, I think Suna was in a lot of ways probably a victim of of the the regional thing just like i think ksa was um you know ksa was definitely a player that i thought skill wise we would see returning to the vancouver titans i didn't think they would have to you know necessarily pay too much to keep him around um just being that he was a rookie and he came over with that uh was it third impact was it second wind um i always get the two mixed up for some weird reason uh well i digress um, anyways, uh, 
I, I think that uh, in a lot of ways, someone like KSA was released because of the ping issue and the visa issues and potential travel issues um, because I think Vancouver wants their team based regionally um, or at least semi-regionally kind of thing. Um, and so I was disappointed to see that. And I think Suno was largely a victim of that as well, being, you know, as the article mentioned, they're native to France. Um, but hey, this is a pickup that does kind of make sense. I mean, if we look at the Paris uh, group last season, uh, it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was definitely dominated um, by French natives. Um, I'm not certain if it was entirely, but it definitely, the majority of the players were. Obviously, you look at Ben Best, you look at Soon, you look at Nico, um, players like that. So not a surprise to see Suna land here, and certainly one that uh, I think I, I might have even talked about being poten potentially being uh, on the horizon there. For the simple fact of, you know, it's it's kind of an easy get for Paris. It builds some of that uh, local, local goodwill by, you know, signing the good local boy. Um, I mean, I myself, I'm a fan of Agilities, I'm a fan of Surefor, just because or in large part because, I mean, they're very skilled players, especially sure for, but uh, in large part because they're native to uh, my home province of Alberta. Um, so I get it. It's a marketing play. And uh, certainly, I mean, Suna is a skilled player as well. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he actually also got COVID and that was a part of why he couldn't play. I could be crazy, but I vaguely remember seeing him tweeting some things about that. So anyways, I digress. Uh, another good one, good one for Paris. Um, you know, making the best of a seemingly bad situation with with everything that went on uh, in Paris, with with it seeming like Avala was kind of being forced into running the show. So, so that is it for the uh, bulk of the the team signings and trades and whatevers that I wanted to talk about. Um, but I am gonna pull up my old tracker list here. Um, and I will once again start off where I believe I left off last episode and I'll just catch up to it looks like December 26th is the most recent this goes to. Uh, we may have already talked about some of those uh, signings that happened just after that shortly after that but uh, I'll stop at December 26th and uh, we'll go from there. So December 11th we're playing the rewind game here. Uh, Florida Mayhem adds main tank OG, main support slime, DPS checkmate, team also re-signs DPS players Yaki and BQB, off-tank gargoyle, flex support Gangnam Jin, New York Excelsior signs uh, Yakpung and off-tank Bianca, Houston Outlaws add main support Juby, Toronto Defiant signed DPS Naced. So I definitely covered that one on last episode, but I wanted to mention it here, and I covered a couple of these. December 15th, Boston adds... DPS soon. December 17th, New York XL signs main support Friday. December 18th, Paris Eternal adds Suna. December 22nd, NYXL adds four players in Ivy, Feather, Flora, Guangboon. Paris Eternal signs Get Amazed as head coach. December 23rd, NYXL promotes Why Not to head coach. And December 26th, London Spitfire adds DPS Blase. So, that was quite a short one. Obviously, we've seen things slow down a ton here. Um, it's actually kind of funny to go back and and read through this uh, this trade the trade tracker that I'm using here because it very much is like September. There's a tiny tiny bit of chatter, but mostly everyone took September off, and then October's like. 
the first, the second, the fifth, sixth, eighth, twelfth, fourteen, fifteen, a whole schwack of stuff on the sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, and thirty. Like October was insane. November looks like it didn't slow down at all either. Um, and then you know December was a little front-loaded, I'd say, um, but still just tons and tons of movement, tons of trades, tons of signings. Tons of promotions, tons of retirements. Uh, I don't even know what else there could be, but definitely it's been a very exciting offseason, uh, a great time to be a fan of the Overwatch League, and uh, and largely, um, you know, and I, I don't even know. I don't have words right now. A very exciting time to be an Overwatch League and Overwatch fan. So, good stuff. Let's Let's take a minute here. Let's take a breather, all right? Just everyone take a deep breath. There's no stopping me. All right. And with that, that brings us to the end of a short, uh, but, you know, I actually enjoyed this episode. Um, a short episode 29 of One Man Watchpoint. Um, before I before I close things out completely, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what's next for 2021. Um so this is your last episode of the year. Obviously, we've only got, you know, a couple days left in the year here. Um, I am going to, for now, keep the every other week train going, um, just because we're not getting a ton of action right now. But that said, if I'm not mistaken, we do have a big trade deadline coming up here. And I just looked it up, and that is, in fact, January the 4th. Now, I'm a little bit surprised because I definitely had it in my mind that it was the 14th. Um, so, you know, I was looking at the calendar thinking, oh, nice, I'll take a nice week off and then I'll get another episode in on the 12th, 13th, right when things are going crazy before that, uh, that deadline on January 14th. However, I now see that it is the 4th, which is in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, technically 5 days from recording. So what does that mean? And what is that deadline? That deadline is the deadline for teams to have a minimum seven players signed to a season long contract for 2021. So um, with that said, expect some announcements in, I guess, the next week because uh, teams need to have players signed. I, I guess they don't necessarily have to make an announcement about their players, but I think they'd be kind of daft not to. Um, so you know, I'm looking at teams like Vancouver. I'm looking at teams like Boston. Um, if I'm not mistaken, like, I don't think we have a full team for Houston yet. Um, I'm thinking about a lot of a lot of the APAC region teams. I don't know if we have a full team for, like, Chengdu, um, for Guangzhou, or even Hangzhou. Um, I could be wrong about those ones because I don't follow them nearly as closely as I should, but... Uh, but I digress. Um, I would expect we're going to get a few announcements in the uh, coming days for sure. I want to say coming weeks, but it'll be the coming days if anything. So so anyways, um, as I was saying before, I'll be sticking to the two-week thing unless something big happens and I feel the need to record a second episode that will publish before that deadline, um, which, hey, it could happen. Crazier things have happened before. Um, but regardless, I'm planning for a January 12th, 13th. Uh, 12, 12th record post on the 13th kind of deadline. Um, so that's likely what you will see. And that will be, of course, episode 30. So um, exciting to start off the year on a uh, kind of a milestone like that. Um, you know, we will be coming up on 
a year of the show in February. Now you might be saying, well, those dates don't add up. And well, yeah, that's because if you recall, I took a solid break here partway through the show. Um, just because I was, I was burnt out. I was burnt out on the Overwatch League. I was burnt out on work. I was burnt out, you know, profession, my professional work. I was born, burnt out on this, um, because it does, you know, take time and time away from my family and things like that. Um, so I took a break there and I actually moved at the same time. So there was just lots going on in, in my personal life. So I took a break, but, uh, you know, we'll be coming up on the one year anniversary of the show, which is exciting. Um, and then hopefully, you know, I'm, I would really love to this time the following year uh, be saying, or that time the following year, be celebrating that I've consistently done a full year of episodes. So I don't think I have any major life events uh, planned, but uh, as you know, these things aren't always planned. So who knows what will happen there. But in 2021, uh, some things I want to do. I want to get more involved with uh, people, uh, you know, on the show. I, I want... I would love any guests that want to, you know, talk to me about the show, want to, you know, send in questions, want to have me uh, talk about specific topics or anything like that. I would love to have some interaction like that. So again, you know, as I always say, reach out to me on Twitter. I am at Sir SirDRJM on Twitter and Instagram, but reach out to me on Twitter. Um, and uh, I'd like to get more in involved in communities as well. You know, I'd, I'd love to grow more of my own community. And I think a big way to do that is uh, is by partaking and showing an interest in other communities. So I've always kind of lurked in some other communities. You know, the uh, the Ready, Set, Pwn Discord to, to shout out one. Vancouver Titans Discord, the Toronto Defiant Discord. But I, I'd love to be more involved and, you know, make more of a name for myself, make myself a little more known and, and hopefully make some friends there and build more of a, more of a one man watchpoint community out there as well. Um, all of that said, I should really say, if you are a current follower of one man watchpoint, um, you know, huge thanks. I, I can honestly say this, this hasn't always been easy. Um, it was a big, 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 big step for me to kind of step outside my comfort zone and start doing this. But I just got to a point where I, I knew I wanted to do something. I knew I wanted to talk into a microphone and, and kind of have this time to myself and to share with others. Um, and so uh, it was a big deal that I got this going. And I'm, I'm very proud of it. And I'm very proud of, you know, some of the things I've done. Obviously, my my episode of, uh, or the episode where I guessed it on Ready, Set, Pwn is probably one of my highlights of the year. And on top of that, I mean, another highlight to, to drop a few names and shout out a few things um, was just the other day when uh, when um, Adam Adamu of, of Overactive Media shouted me out on Twitter there. Um, he mentioned that, you know, speaking, he was bringing up uh, Canadian overwatch communities and and he shouted me out he shouted out one man watchpoint which was awesome and uh from that yiska of uh of gg recon also followed me on twitter which for someone like me who has you know next to no following and next to no followers and tweets somewhat rarely um especially when the overwatch league is in the off season uh that was huge man that was really exciting and definitely you know highlights of the year that's for sure um, so anyways, I digress. I'd, I'd love to be able to bring some of that to the table and, and, you know, give that to some other people, you know, with a follow or a like, or a response to a tweet or talking about their topics and things on the show. So, um, 
So anyways, uh, all of this is a very long-winded way of me saying I want to get more involved with others and I want to get more uh, I want to get others involved more with me and with one man watch points. So if you're interested, if you have questions or anything you want to talk about um, or want me to talk about, you know, uh, shoot me a tweet on or shoot me a message on Twitter um, at SirDRJM and I would love to do that. Um, other things for 2021 that I'm looking at. Um, I think I'm actually going to redo my setup here. Um, you know, I've never had that fancy of a setup and I still don't, but I do now have a dedicated PC outside of my uh, work computer that I currently record on, but don't tell work. Um, so I'm planning to uh, migrate all my stuff over to that other computer. Um, obviously, I'll move over all my equipment and all of my files and uh, sound clips and things like that, um, as well as set up some external storage to, to save this stuff just because it certainly does eat the hard drive space, that's for sure. Um, and then along the same lines, I'm also toying with doing some other video content stuff as well. Um, I, I've got to admit, I well, I mean, I've talked about before, I, I don't play Overwatch on PC, although I do now have it on PC and have played once or twice. Um, but uh, I do want to... Uh, I do want to get more on that train, but again, you know, first-person shooters for me have always been a console thing, so I don't necessarily see that changing anytime soon. Um, but I'd love to do some video content stuff. Um, whether or not that is necessarily Overwatch-related is another story, though, because of uh, because of my gaming preferences, I'll say. So, so we'll see what happens there. Um, and yeah, that's that's what I'm looking at for 2021. Um, you know, if I had to sum it up, it would just be get more involved and and get bring others into uh, into communities as well as partaking in them as much as I want to. Um, and then hopefully, you know, hopefully I'll have some more guest appearances and, and I'll talk to build relationships with some other podcasts and, you know, share the love and that kind of thing. So so that is what I'm looking at there. So um, I'll close out the show by once again, just saying this was episode 29 of one man Watchpoint and overwatch podcast um obviously i'm your host sir dr jm and you can find me on twitter and instagram at that handle and of course you can follow this podcast on podcast services everywhere spotify apple Podcasts, google podcasts and everything like that um so i want to thank everyone who did listen for listening um and for following me throughout the year and and hopefully supporting me uh throughout this past year and beyond and uh, with that, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy New Year, um, you know, and we'll, we'll see you on the other side of 2020 over in 2021, likely on January 13th. Uh, so yeah, have a good one, everyone.